0: Welcome to the National Minority Supplier Development Council's Equity in Business podcast. My name is John Daniel, and I'm honored to be your host tonight, but I'm more honored to be sitting here with Mr. Raul Suarez Rodriguez, who is the Director of Global Economic Inclusion and Supplier Diversity at Merck. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much
1: for having me. It's
0: it's an honor to be here as well. Thank Thank you, sir sir i'm gonna get right into it let's do it please tell us about yourself because when they hear who you are and where you come from
1: they're going to be amazed <laughs> thank sir. you thank you so much for that so so i'm originally i was born and raised in cuba so i immigrated in 1998 I, actually i celebrated in september of my 25th anniversary, so it was a birthday, right, because I came to the land of opportunity, so it's, it's something to be celebrated. So yeah, I, when I came, I did not speak English. I um, started to go to, to college to really get the language, right, because English was not my first language. And then through that, I was able to actually complete my associate's degree, my bachelor's degree, and then my master's degree. Um, and yeah, it's a little bit about, about me, how I got here, uh, and the things that I'm doing now at Merck which you know is driving this uh, to your point, economic inclusion and business diversity program. Well tell me more about that, that you brought that up.
0: What is your current role at Merck and how does that relate to where we're at right now in Baltimore at the National Minority Supply Development Council's uh, annual convention with
1: MBTA? Yeah, so um, my role at Merck, uh, my function is core to procurement. We are sitting in the global supply management group and in a nutshell what we do is we create economic opportunities for the underrepresented communities by buying products and services for minority, women, LGBT, veterans, service disabled veterans and disability owned businesses. How do we do that? By equipping and empowering our associates to make sure that they can get the suppliers in the procurement activities that they're that they doing every, every, every day, every single day. How does relate to NMSCC? As we all know, NMSCC um, is, is, um, is who created this momentum for um, business, minority businesses, and we have been a member for over 20 years of the NMSCC. And we come here to actually do that, connect and access to those suppliers, to then drive that economic inclusion when we go back into our office. That's awesome.
0: How did you, in your career, come to uh, the supplier
1: chain kind of procurement job? It's interesting because typically some of, some of my peers will come into the function because they have procurement background. In my case, I did not have that procurement background. I have an operational background. However, as, as you just heard me said, I'm an immigrant, and you know, I, English is my second language. I have an accent when I speak. So at one point in my career, I felt discriminated against Mm. because of the factors I just mentioned. And I said, I don't want to be part of that problem. I need to be part of the solution. If in this room there's nobody that looks like me, that speaks like me, and people don't want to talk to me because how I speak, I need to fix that. So I connected with, in that company, I connected with the um, Chief Diversity Officer Strategy, and I, I connected so well that I said, you know what, this is my time. So I started to just saying, talking about, yes, that's the role I want. I want a role in diversity, equity, and inclusion because I want to change how things are done and how we treat people here. And to the employee resource group at that company, I was tapping the shoulder and said, hey, there's a position in supply diversity. Do you, do you know what supply diversity is? And my first reaction said, I don't know, but I will learn it. And I knew that there was something related with diversity where it was, it was not in the HR side of the house, but it was in the supply chain side of the house. And the rest is history, so I've been doing supply diversity for uh, more than a decade now, which I'm really also proud of the work that I have been able to do. Fast forward to Merck. That's right.
0: Share with me, particularly given where we're at now with the close the equity gap at the national conference, how is Merck, based upon your past experience and now, closing the equity?
1: Yeah, so we do it in many different ways. So Merck is a company that has been established for over 130 years. So D&I, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, is core to who we are as a, as, a, as a business, as a corporation, and we do it in many different ways. So we have, which is managed by the Global Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Center for Excellence, we have something that we call the Global Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Business Consortium. So what that business consortium does is bring together areas of the business that are going to be helping the company to drive business performance through diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. I have a seat on that table. And it's very important that, you know, you have a voice because if you have a voice, you, you could be that change agent that will really drive the change that is required to close that gap. So when in that group we have represented from individuals that are working in the clinical operation, so, you know, we are biopharmaceutical companies, so we are developing drug to cure diseases, uh, cancer, um, and we create vaccines, we develop vaccines. So we want to make sure that our patients are represented on all our clinical trials that we do hmm. when we're approving a product, right? So that's number one. Diversity in clinical trial is important to us. So we want to make sure that African-American and Hispanics are actually being part of the trial, because if we don't learn, on how that medicine is going to react to them when we're in that phase of that trial, then we will never get it right, and then we will never be able to close the gap, right? So then we go into we go into market research. So we want to make sure that we are analyzing the marketplace. We get the sense of and the and, and the ways that we diverse individuals think about things. We also have uh, business diversity. This is the work that I do because again we want to make sure that the supply chain is actually driving. Uh, that inclusion is, is providing opportunities for the underrepresented communities. With that group we have l- health literature, which is fascinating to me. We want to make sure also that when the medicine is ready to get manufactured, and you know that label that is on the, on the little bottle that, mm-hmm. is, that is like a little booklet, that when you are opening that as a patient, you understand what you're reading. If we're not targeting to your culture or how you interpret things, or even in, in the language as you speak, then we have a problem. Because if, you're not, if you don't adhere to the medication, then you are not going to be, you, we're not going to save your life. And our purpose is to you know, improve and save lives around, around the world. So, uh, so that's important for us. And then I think taking that into the work that I do, I, sh- I can share with you that in 2022 we executed a study because we really wanted to understand how supplier diversity is actually closing that health equity gap. Hmm. And what we, the results were fascinating. So I can tell you that what we did was we look at data from the University of Wisconsin, uh, Population Health, and we worked with um, a minority business enterprise to really help us with this data analysis. And what we find out is that when we're spending in a, in a community uh, more than $280,000, we're closing some of the social determinants of health. So what are the social determinants of health? 80% of your health outcomes are not related to the health system, are related to the social determinants of health. And those social determinants of health, we have education, uh, access to healthy food, access to insurance, um, uh, household income. So all of that is under that social determinants of health. What we did with that study is we got down to like those $280,000 that we spend is actually increasing the income in black households to almost $10,000. The same amount is actually impacting the household income in Hispanic by uh, $5,000, right? So that's the impact. So now we have that data and we can actually go and buy from the states, the counties in which we don't have representation today of suppliers and we can make an impact and close that health equity gap. That is awesome. Clearly,
0: folks, this man's background and professionalism is helping the community. let me ask this. When you look at how Merck spends its money relative to equity, um, what are the
1: relevant points that you'd like to articulate? So we, we're we very intentional and strategic on how we do that. And we want to make sure that what we do it is driving an impact. Hmm. We also know that every million dollar that we spend is actually generating thirteen point jobs and out of those 13.4 jobs seven of those jobs are people of color so we know that the spend needs to count it's not about counting spends making the spend count and that's how we really do it by making sure that we are driving that that economic impact in the communities that we operate and leave Um, like I said in strategic is just like the example I just gave about the health equity component so if we know that for say Kansas City is an area which we don't buy from suppliers in that area. But we know that there's gaps on the social determinants. Can we actually look at what can we buy from the Kansas City supply base that can help us solve what we're looking to solve but at the same time close that gap in that area, in that community. And then we look at all those factors when we're making purchase decision.
0: As a matter of business most Really good businesses look at outcomes, activities, and measurements, timelines, things like that. In general, what type of things would you want to measure to know the impact? I love the
1: word you used yeah. on the underserved communities. So we want to look at jobs being sustainable or created. We also want to look at uh, the earnings that they're driving through the through actually through the work that they get into our contracts. We also want to understand how is their workforce, right? So not only we are going to look at those jobs, but also what is the diversity of the jobs that they're creating? Because that's important, right? Because we also want to demystify the fact that, you know, people say that number one, diverse suppliers are more expensive than, you know, than non-diverse suppliers. And we also want to prove that minority hire minorities. And by doing this type of analysis and getting these data points, we can actually say, look, it, it, it's real. Here's the facts, and this is why. This is awesome. This is awesome. Flipping back a little bit to the concept
0: mm-hmm. of, of, of equity, uh, what are the similarities and difference between, and I'm talking about DEI, yeah, between diversity
1: and inclusion. Yeah. So, diversity is you know different set of either thoughts, ideas, and all those fundamental elements of diversity. Inclusion is having that seat at the table that I was just talking earlier, right? So with economic inclusion we're providing that access to to the opportunities that we have and the diversity is to make sure that we have everybody in, in, in the mix. Like we're not discriminating against anybody and everybody has an opportunity to compete. I want to dig
0: into something
1: relative to that voice at the table. yeah.
0: So there's a voice that speaks and there's an ear that hears because they can. What kind of things are you doing in distributing information about what Merck is doing on the block, in the neighborhood, in the community?
1: Yeah, so we work with our, like NMSC is an example of that. So we do activations, you know, especially in communities in which, where we are now in Baltimore, we're trying to be also strategic to really amplify the work that we do in that community. We have done stuff in Atlanta, so depending on where we are going, where we are, so we want to make sure that we are um, impacting that community in any any type particular way, right? So we want to make sure that we are connected to the community-based organizations that will help us, you know, number one, educate, because that's one thing, Mm -hmm. education is important. Um, And we're proud of the work that we do to educate our diverse suppliers. Um, We actually, three years ago, we actually uh, created this partnership with Drexel University, Uh, and we established this, yes, we established this um, advanced leadership program. It's actually a four-month program that it will take 20 diverse suppliers. They actually had to apply for the program, but what we're doing is not only we're building a pipeline, but we are educating and developing those suppliers that are doing business with Merck today. So what we do is we take them through a series of classes, with the professors of Drexel, but at the same time, we have the SME, the Subject Matter Extra from Merck, that are actually impacting that curriculum, because we just don't want this to be just another executive MBA. We want this to be a a force for the diverse suppliers to really grow and develop themselves, and also not only do business with Merck, but also do business with other corporations, other 500 organizations, Fortune 500s. And in that course, we go from leadership acumen to digital marketing. To finance operations, and the last thing on the module of the curriculum is a cast on, which actually is uh, a panel with a business case in which the supplier has to respond to an RFP, and then they get evaluated, and then they graduate from the program. Really proud of that program. We had over sixty suppliers that had completed that, which is helping us really, like I said earlier, build a pipeline and develop that 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 supply base. This is awesome.
0: Uh, I just have a few more questions. Yes. Raul, and one of them is having to do with you Mm -hmm. simply. What do you most enjoy about procurement?
1: So I think what I joined I'm I'm listening to you. (laughs) What I joined the most is just like, um, and I go back to that, the impact, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. I I love that because I can reflect on my personal my personal experience and really see how what I went through, the suppliers can see that. Or I can see that on the suppliers, and I can help them close that, right? So my own personal experiences had allowed me to really connect to what the suppliers are facing, in order for me to actually be that, be that voice, be that influencer. If you ask me, as people, I'm. A, well, how do you describe yourself? I said, well, I'm an influencer mm-hmm. and I'm an advocate. So I'm influencing internally, and I'm advocating on behalf of my suppliers, uh, and that's what I really enjoy the most. And then the fact that. When I get, I get a lot of satisfaction when I hear the successes that we have been able to create by just facilitating a meeting connection or, uh, or a capability statement or actually having an event in our offers where we bring suppliers to meet with our buyers and then the rest of history. So that really gives me a lot of joy. This wonderful
0: information that you're sharing what would you offer to new minority slash women entrepreneurs wanting to be a part of
1: the supply chain at Merck? I will say number one is really understand our business. Really learn who we are and educate yourself be prepared. Get equipped with the right amount of information about who we are as a company. When you do that, and I think there's a great resource out there that is public, which is the, the 10K. And I advise the suppliers, do, do, do a little bit of homework there, and then come back. Because when you read that report, you could see where we are directionally going, and then that can give you the ammunition to really get ready to pitch whatever you're trying to pitch. And we are all looking for innovation. And we know diverse suppliers are innovative and agile, and, and I think what happens sometimes is we forget about doing that little bit of homework and that is a missed opportunity. You come forward to tell us all you do and you forget about what you could do that you're not doing today, that you have in your warehouse, and then you could do it but you forget to pitch it. So, you know, learn, learn, do the homework. Understand this is a long journey. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it, it, it takes time. So contracts are from three to five years when they get up to renew. So we need to wait for that contract cycle to really get you into an RFP, and the RFP doesn't guarantee the business. You have to actually come in, compete, win it. Um, So it's just that, you know, be resilient, persistent, and professional at the same time.
0: Outstanding. Uh, Clearly, sir, your head, heart, habits, and hands are in this. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. And I want to end with your vision of what Um, you think it should look like Merck's journey into the community with supplier chain procurement what's it look like in the future sir
1: uh, the, the, the future is bright because you know we are like you heard me say at the beginning we are a 130 years old company but we have been doing supply diversity in 1985 and I will share this because it's fascinating because I didn't know this until I got to the company we the, <coughs> how we started supply diversity at Merck was actually they executed a small minority business fair where 25 MBEs came to the office to meet with the buyers in enrolled in New Jersey in 1985. And the rest is history. They saw the value then, and the value and the commitment to this work continues. And it will continue to actually, we're already set up for 2030. We know that we cannot, you know, remain the way we are, especially with all the attacks that are happening. We need to be positioned to be the leader, and we will continue to be. So we're actually looking at goals that will lead us to 2030. We want to we wanna do more. We want to double up the amount of percentage that we do with our suppliers to be representative of the communities, the minority businesses, the, the women, as, you, as, we, as we talked earlier. That's a beautiful vision. And I believe you're going to make it happen, sir. Absolutely. Merck.
0: And I, I want to close out here and just say thank you to our guest, Mr. Raul Suarez Rodriguez who is the Director of Global Economic Inclusion and Supplier Diversity at Merck. Uh, And thank you again, sir, for taking the time to share with us. I think this has been informative for the viewers at the National Minority Supplier Development Council uh, Equity in Business podcast. Blessings to all of you, take care.